and broads from Italy to the US. Yes, it's raw. I'm in search for Kobe B. Bryant getting in that rap game. Welcome back to home court. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Megan McPeak. Keep in mind at 215, Chris Broussard. Fox Sports will join us to talk everything NBA. See, Norman Powell can stand up to this. Come on. This is a long time ago. I think Tyra Banks was singing on this song. I think so, too. Go figure. I see. Random craziness, eh? Random craziness. Poll question for this week at TSN 1050 Radio. A little update. 54% agree with Dwayne that, yes, Vince Carter should have his jersey retired. 38 agree in a way with Wheeler on the no side. They're probably feeling the same sentiments of you on the feeling dirty and needing to shower. Although you yes. did say, yes, you would agree to have it retired. Only 8% are saying that, no, not before DeMar. Which is interesting, given the fact that the generation of most young people that would be on the Twitterverse is in the generation right. of DeMar DeRozan being here. When all is said and done, yes. shouldn't DeMar be kind of the franchise, the guy for the Toronto Rath? I, I don't think he will be. Because I think people will always revert back to Vince and the excitement that he brought. Really? But for what DeMar has done, and for the length of time, he should be the face. I think, I think he is going to, you know, for the foreseeable future, be the best Raptor ever. And I think... Mm-hmm. He he got the team further he got in the playoffs. He done all the things that Vince. But he's underappreciated. Of course he is. But I think completely in retrospect, I mean, because now because his career is still going, no one's going to recognize what he's done for this team. What does he need to do to get a proper level of respect? Right now, does the team need to go to an NBA Finals? Probably. Is that it? That but, would be my from guess. From a Toronto fan standpoint, or just like universally, a, a Toronto a Toronto perspective for him to go above Vince Carter. Yes. I, my guess would probably be get out of the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying that's my that's I, my opinion, sure. but I I'm think, just I guessing. Think if it's continually getting this team kind of to the conference finals and, and being an all star and being like that player that you know is unstoppable, I think you're going to forget about Vince. And once Vince is retired, I mean, great the slam dunks, but Demar is still going to be doing what he's doing. I don't know. Be, be, the reason why I say that because Vince brought an excitement level. Agreed. And Demar, he's just such he's an underappreciated yeah. superstar in the city. We watched what was it Thursday night against New Orleans? Like yep. it was unstoppable. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had a shot at the end of the first quarter, at the end of the second quarter, and then in crunch time, it was all Demar. Yeah, and he does that so often, and now it's like ho hum. It's just Demar Derozan. Well, I don't yeah. know. I like for me, he deserves so much more praise than he gets. Well, you're right, and I think because he's not flashy, he's not like Giannis, he's not like LeBron, right? He's just, but he's so so efficient, and like he plays in that space where that mid range game, which isn't exciting, well, he can get up when he needs to, but he didn't do that much anymore. But he can kill you so many ways with that mid range jumper. But that's not necessarily a highlight, you right? Know? Like you know those ridiculous like USA Today ESPN rankings, right? Like I feel that people in the city. They think he's better than that, but that's kind of replicates how the city feels. Like, because I just think the city Always needs to feels. embrace what they have a whole lot more. You mentioned uh, LeBron, and uh, yeah, what's going on in Cleveland? They're five and is it like they're they're five and seven right now? We are we know that they've had a, a closed door team players only. Is it you? It's tough because you look at what happened the first year he was in Miami in that big three. Is it the same thing? Is it, you know, you look at Boston when KG, Garnett, and, and Ray got together, they kind of had a little bit of a lull? Or is it simply that they're just old and they cannot play defense anymore? We talked to John Carlos and he talked about how Boston has come together as a team in the wake of the Gordon Haywood injury. Even if you take 
if Gordon Hayward was healthy, they had like 11 new players on that team right. this year. Um, and the chemistry, and he allowed to, them to win and excel. The Cavaliers have a similar situation where they have a ton of new players too mm-hmm. as well. I'm not trying to say the coach is the issue, but they haven't been able to make it work. And Isaiah Thomas has been out, so we still don't know what he'll be. But Derek Rose has been there, Jeff Green. You know, there's a bunch of new Dwayne Wade, Mm -hmm. Jay Crowder. I don't think they've figured a way to gel. Um, And they had that closed door meeting, and they went and lost the next game. Right. Uh, LeBron James could obviously every night, if he wants to, carry this team to victory, but But he shouldn't have to. And also, too, he's trying to save his body too. So I have a lot of concerns about this Cavaliers team. Even when Isaiah Thomas gets back, great, but he's not a great defensive player. If you won't say it, I'll say it. it it's coaching. Like Ty, Ty, at, at some point, Ty Lue needs to figure something I agree. out. And I think, um, I think he got lucky in the in the first year when they let Black go. That they just had the talent. I think last year, or um, yeah, last year, he got lucky again that they were able to overcome. And LeBron was able to do what he does, and they had Kyrie. And now I think you lose Kyrie, and it is exposing a lot of what Ty Lue can't do that Kyrie was able to um, put a blanket over and shadow agree. over over what uh, they don't have anymore. Megan, I'm on the same page as you. And isn't this the best thing that could happen for the NBA? Is that teams that we believe to be super teams like Cleveland, Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. scuffling a little bit, showing that just having talent alone isn't enough. Right. That's yeah. why yeah. I, I'm yeah. completely with you. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. It's definitely good for the Eastern Conference because, you know, the I was always a foregone conclusion the Cavs are going to be there. It's going to be mm-hmm. them. Now, I don't even know, like, right now, if the Cavs can get out of the Eastern Conference in the playoffs with this team they have. And it keep, like, we are keeping in mind it is still early and they could turn a corner, but there's still the concern every, for me at least, every every night that they falter, whether even with the, when they get a win, they still don't, they, it still is horrible. Right. And for me, it's just the concern keeps growing little by little. And I mean, we can even talk to Chris Broussard when he joins us at 2.15 a little bit more about that. But I want to get your guys' thoughts as well to Lonzo Ball. A lot of people have been comparing him to one of, in my opinion, one of the best point guards in NBA history in Jason Kidd and he actually joined ESPN's first take earlier this week um, and and had something to say about it. Lonzo Ball coming out of college a lot of people comparing him to you I personally think it's a stretch but what's your reaction to that? I agree I agree with you. I agree even before Kidd said something with with Molly Karam that I I think at this point, when the comparison comes down to it, I know, Dwayne, we, we talked before, a little bit before, the numbers in their first seasons are almost identical. That's that's cool. But I think a lot of people, when they compare it to him, they're comparing Jason Kidd for what he was when he became the perennial all-star and the player he became and you know the history he made and how good he was to Lonzo right now. And I think that's where, for me, it's a stretch. Well, you say Jason Kidd and you... Instantly think of like you know one of the best point guards to ever play the game and how diverse he was with you know passing, rebounding, and scoring. And but you have to remember when Jason Kidd came to the league, they used to call him Ace and Kidd because he has no J. Like right. he couldn't shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think right now, um, if I only can look at Jason Kidd's first season, right, I could see a comparison. But I know that Jason Kidd throughout his career have ended up being able three point shooter, mm-hmm. shooting the ball. So like, yeah, like Jason Kidd's going. This guy's not my class. And deservedly so, but I think the fact that he can do so much in terms of, you know, he can, he's great core vision, can find his teammates, can rebound the ball well, uh, can't shoot. I can see where they're going with it. 
I want to go as far as a stretch. I think if we're looking at first years or first years, it's not that far. I think right. Lonzo could be better. Wow. And wow. even with I that horrible Jason Kidd will dismiss that because there's ego involved. Of course, of course. And this NBA is a different NBA. So, but in terms of their limitations, in terms of their jump shot, that's a uh, that's a fair comparison to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fair. For me, Lonzo has a little bit more size, and let's see him spend some more time rounding out his game, working on the jump to shot, figure out what the final product's going to be. Because I think this guy, despite his deficiencies, can still be an absolute star in this league. He'll have every, every opportunity in LA. I mean, like that's his city. They're yeah. a young team. He's twenty. To grow. He's twenty, yeah. and he's playing with a old. bunch of young players. He, he look. I don't know about you guys. He look when I watch him play. He looks like he's playing in slow motion, and yeah. everybody else is moving. So, like he just though he plays so like methodically and slow, and it looks like he's moving at a different speed. It 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 blows my mind. But he, no, I I I I would agree when you break down the first year numbers, you can compare. But then when a lot of people, as I said, comparing like Jason Kidd. Right, Lonzo Ball. It's uh, if Lonzo can work on that jump shot and sorry, not work on it, fix the jump shot. Then I think he has a chance to be a fantastic and and a stud player. But in again, this again to, to Dwayne's point, Jason Kidd was never a great shooter. Yeah, no, never. And until later, in his Lonzo Ball is yeah. two inches on him. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think he. <laughs> listen, if Jason Kidd can round out, had that outstanding playing career, then why can't Lonzo Ball? And also, too, remember when Jason Kidd came in, he was playing with uh, Jimmy Jackson and yeah. Jamal Mashburn the yeah. three days. Like, he had some good young players with him, too. So, um, you're right, though. If he can develop a jump shot, the upside is pretty big. But it doesn't ball. surprise me when, like, when any former player, oh, yeah. when anyone right, right. Right. Is any compared sport. to them, it's like, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know who I am. On another note, though, can, we got we to gotta give two, I gotta give two shout-outs. One, Mellow Past, uh, former teammate, Allen Iverson. He's now 24th. Man. In all scoring, that's why. Quick shout out. But on the other side, Is he a Hall of Detroit basketball. Who would have thought that Detroit basketball would be where it is this early into the season? Like they're they're surprising a lot of people. Good coach. You you, you mentioned coaching, Stan Van. I mean, he's a top coach in this league. He's tried, tested, and proven. You know, He'll get the most out of this team. I agree with you. They had a drop-off last year, but they do have a good coach. And I think the bigger surprise is Drummond shooting free throws. Right? That's the story. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, bigs can shoot free throws if they put the work <laughs> into it. Andre Drummond is the example. Keep it locked right here. Chris Broussard will join us at 2.15. You're listening to Home Court right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back inside the TSN 1050 Raptors headquarters. The next time you can hear the Raptors right here on TSN 1050, Tuesday, November 14th. They'll be in Houston taking on the Beard and the Rockets. 8 p.m. tip-off. Wheeler, Watson, and Loonberg will have the pregame, I believe, starting at 7 p.m. right here on TSN 1050. And I know I mentioned it really quickly uh, last segment. Uh-huh. Mello passes former teammate. And I, I kind of we were talking during the break, and I actually want to bring up what, what Wheeler asked. Is is he a is he a Hall of Famer? And I know we kind of talked about it. Dwayne, Wheeler, you said you don't think so because well, he's never won an NBA title. But it, then Dwayne had the argument on the other side of, but he's got all these gold medals. He's got an NCAA title. So it, it's and then we went into that conversation. Talent. No one would ever argue about that. But when all is said and done, will you look back on Carmelo's career and say, meh? You know what? It, maybe because the bar was set too high. I just feel like it's a super talented guy 
that when he played for the U.S., plays in the Olympics, mm-hmm. he's fits right in with that group, but he was part... He will forever be linked to the debacle with the New York Knicks. And it's difficult to get past that. Is Especially because he lobbied so hard to get to New York. Right. I, mean, yes. I think he's not a Hall of Famer, but he is a Naismith Hall of Famer. Meaning, our standards of Hall of Fame, I don't think he fits into that. He doesn't, he enters our Hall, but it's a little easier to get to Naismith Hall of Fame, and that's that's the problem. And the standards for getting in are, are lower. Like, I mean, just because he scored a bunch of points and been an all-star and got a few gold medals is not enough for me. Yao Ming is the perfect example. A guy, in it, when he was healthy, a phenomenal talent, mm-hmm. but is it the Hall of Talent but I'm gonna disagree or the Hall you. of Fame? I'm gonna, I don't have a problem with Yao Ming because I feel like what he did for the game... Um, Especially in China, yeah. But that's where he was born. Like he had no choice. Yeah, it but was just, it just but, happened. But you look right. at that market and the, the, the passionate appetite they have for basketball is because a guy like Yao Ming came over and right. competed and was an all star in the NBA. He, like he, he, op- he, he put basketball. He put basketball in China on the map for not just the NBA, but when you look at the 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 Chinese leagues and the all the leagues over there's one in Japan, Hong Kong. There's now leagues just blowing up all over the place, and their leagues have great talent and are good. And I, when you I look at that. players that go over, like this summer, what, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant were all in um, in China. And the, the fanfare around them, it's because of a guy like Yao Ming, in my opinion, coming over, playing in the NBA, being as good as he was and such a talent from a country that is not known for having See, basketball yeah, I, I, I would argue that basketball would have caught on regardless if Yao Ming, Yao Ming existed or not. But I think like for it's, for it's, it's I think for them sport. though they had someone to relate to but, because I, do, I and I I hope this does not offend anyone. People in China in Japan they're not known for being stellar basketball players, and now you have one that you can you you have kids looking up to. It's much like JV being from Lithuania. They're not necessarily known for being huge basketball players, but, but now thing, kids have someone to look up soccer to. Soccer and other sports. I hear you, but are we getting, giving him credit? Based upon the fact that he just happened to be born there, no. like I'm looking at the guy's career, what he did on the court in the NBA, and he wasn't healthy. Right, like, but, but, so, that, but, but so this goes like, back to being so, so he can go into the Hall of Image, but the the, the Hall of whatever the Trailbla- Hall of Trailblazers. <laughs> wow! But if you're going to call it the but Hall I mean, of Fame, but he also played, come on. but he also played for China. He also played in China. What did they do? It? Yeah, but, like, but this is the thing, though. But hold on, but this bad. is the Naismith Hall of Fame. This is the it's argument, right? It's basketball all across and the also, board. Like, with that, the Hall of Image comes into play for the same reasons we're talking about, you know, retiring versus Jersey for what he did for the game. Like, he didn't win any championships. He, he barely, barely had the playoffs. He, but what he yeah. did for the game in Canada. I don't know. He it, didn't even get out of the first round. It's one of those things where, like, image is everything. Like, put Lonzo Ball in the Hall of Fame. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer already because he's a big deal? <laughs> Come on. You know what? I, th- this is what I'm saying. Like, Yao Ming was an all star so many times because he was voted in. Based upon a massive population right. who mm-hmm. gave him votes each and every year, like he doesn't but he would deserve have been there. And, and 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 I think that the, the Carmelo Anthony argument is proper here because at least Carmelo put up has put up numbers over the course of his career. So, so you, but, he put, but, he, but he but he put up numbers and has never won a championship in the NBA. Well, that that's the whole thing. So do you, so you put Carmelo over Yao in your Hall of Fame picture? I would, but I don't think that, <laughs> in my opinion, when I think of the greats of the game, neither fit the bill. Agreed. Agreed. That's the moral on, of the story. On Third? the flip yeah. side, <laughs> on the flip side, 
we'll, we'll go to Milwaukee. The Bucks acquire Eric Bledsoe. That saga of the salon and I, I like that trade. For, I like he's, that trade for Milwaukee. So so that. on that note, Milwaukee. He's now in Milwaukee. Played. He actually played last night in their game. Do you? Does that concern you with Bledsoe being in Milwaukee, knowing that they could potentially see the Raptors in the postseason? I know we're we're way away from that, but just looking at what Milwaukee was able to do last year, forcing them to six games, almost coming up with the series, if you will, does it change? Does that maybe change that series? Well, what does concern me is that this was Bledsoe's first game in a while, mm-hmm. first game with the Bucks. 13 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. He threw a nice lob to Giannis. Like, he fit right in right away. Um, when he's healthy, he's a pretty good point guard in this league. Obviously, he gives him more depth when they slide, you know, Brogdon down off the bench. They got Dovadova. But Greg Monroe, who was kind of hit or miss with the team, like, they, this team lacks size. They've got length. Uh, John Henson is not a great four. Um, Giannis, of course, is length. But then you've got Thon Maker, who's a young guy they're bringing in. So I think it's good for this team. And, I mean, you could argue small ball is better for the league. But they don't have size. And this Raptors team, we know we have size in abundance. Yeah, it's a different matchup. But the fact that Milwaukee didn't give up much to bring in a player that can maybe take them an extra step, I don't know right. if it's going to be enough. But they're at the very least in the conversation. Oh, question. So, uh, hey, I, I give them full credit that they they weren't complacent, they aren't looking to the future, that they're saying, you know what, there might be a, a little bit of a window. The, the, the window might be open this much, right. and we'll try to get as much a, a, out of this group as we can. I, I appreciate that move. I also forgot Jabari Parker is coming back. He's yep. doing one-on-one right now, so, I mean, he's going to help is this he? team, When's too. he coming back? Well, he's doing he's, one-on-ones right now. He's coming back. My guess, he's probably still a couple weeks away. If he's I just think, starting one-on-ones I think right New now. Year, New Year, that's still going to help them. And we'll see what he can do. They're exactly. saying that That's he's a question. bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, so. They're going to be a danger. Like, the fact that the Cavs have struggled the way that they have, I think people in Boston, Milwaukee, Washington, and this city right here, people in this city have to start appreciating what this Raptors team can be. Because this start for, like, it's the most under-said thing in this city over the course of the season, is that the biggest question mark to do with this Raptors team was the bench, and they've been the Biggest and best story of the team thus far. So, way ahead of myself, but I, I, I can't. This is too much fun not to have, and I wish Josh was here because he would hate this conversation. <laughs> if the playoffs started today, Boston, Detroit, Orlando, Toronto, Washington, Philly, New York, Miami, that is your eight. Cleveland is 12th. And They're not even in the playoffs. But now there's Milwaukee, so that's cut the problem. I mean, this right? Is why but like that's this is, and people say the East is so terrible and so bad. Yet you have teams that last year were not even in the conversation for anything, are in the playoff race. If it pl- started today, New York, Orlando, and Detroit are but, in the playoffs. Right, I think the East is getting stronger. It's, it's not the no, West. Early. It's not the West. I'll make you a bet here, McP. All three of those teams: Orlando, Detroit, New York, won't make the playoffs. Orlando, Detroit, who? New York? And New York. New York will make it. New York won't make won't the make play. It. I'm mean, saying Orlando and Detroit don't make the playoffs. I think Indiana, Milwaukee, and Cleveland get in to replace those three. You think Indiana gets in? Yep. I think the last two spots in the East are, are kind of wide open. I yeah. think it could be Detroit. It could be Indiana. But definitely like a team like Charlotte and Cleveland are going to be in there for sure. And I don't think Charlotte for sure? I think, well, Charlotte's the seven and eight. It's bottom. Charlotte looked, looked bad last yes. night yeah, in that the, yeah. loss. Hey, the East is. I mean, the, the bottom line is the East is better than we thought it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, it's turned it was into the wild, wild teams. East. Or is it teams picking up wins because of a soft conference? I, I still think it's weak. 
Uh, honestly, I, I hear what both of you are saying, but the Western Conference and the powerhouse teams that are out there, it's like it, it's the East is nowhere close. Like if 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 you made one playoff picture, so say the top eight teams yep. in the NBA, how many teams in the Eastern Conference are getting in that top eight? If you did like what the WNBA the does NBA. and do a, and and do like sure you no go one through sixteen no conference, yeah. maybe three or four, maybe. If I do it right now, because I just did, <laughs> Boston is in, Detroit is in, Orlando is in, Toronto is in. No, not based on records. I'm saying oh. like team quality. I'm oh, talking like no. by the end yeah, of the year. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, two teams, maybe. Maybe no, three. One, three. Who's the third team? Cleveland. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, that's. that's I don't know the, though. I mean, that's the, the West it's like is an asterisk collectively. The West is the stronger. Like, let's put it this way: if Memphis and shout out to Dylan Brooks, by the way, yeah, we so. always have to do that. Always. Um, if Memphis was in the Eastern Conference, they'd be a front runner. Like, they would be a legit contender to win the oh, yeah. East. And yeah. that's Memphis. They're like Grind when City. you talk about teams in the West, what are they? Maybe the yeah. six, seven yeah. team yeah. that you talk about. Yeah. So it's true. Put it that way. It's true. Home court, we talk. Canadian basketball, R.J. Barrett. We know where he is going for college. Keep it locked right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back inside the TSN 1050 Raptors headquarters. Megan McPeak, Dwayne Watson, and Gareth Wheeler. Do you think you'll have me back? Like, I'm just keeping the seat warm for J. You're not, you're not, I mean, you're, you're good off the bench. Okay. Perfect. Just like the Raptors. <laughs> We're going to have four, four man rotations here. What are we going to do? We're going to have a 12 man rotation. <laughs> well, I'll, I won't be here next week. Oh, gosh. We well, got, I won't be either. No. So I'm, we'll have our fifth. Our five-man oh, man. rotation going. Yes. I'm the only constant. You're the man. you. You're our Demar Derozan. Tim, we got to give a shout out to Raptors 905 on this. Yes, 100, 100. Started the new season. Kicked it off. <gasps> Ugly loss. Last night. Yes. Ugly loss. Last Th- this night. is the th- for listeners that you know they follow the Raptors 905 and seen players like Siakam and Wright and Powell come through the ranks. What's crazy about covering the team like Megan and I do is that. Each and every year, it's like, boom, you start fresh. Like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> the, like I mean, the first day of school, I mean, over now that and over there's, and over again. Now that Eddie's gone, he's gone back to Real Madrid, the only returning face is Negus Webster-Chan. And I say that with an asterisk because technically, as we all know, Bruno has given his three years of NBA service, so right. he has to approve the assignment, right. which he did, did uh, ahead of the, the home opener. Him and Alfonso McKinney were on assignment for the home opener, and they're both actually on the road with them after they, they were in Fort Wayne last night. They're in Westchester tomorrow night before they are back home Tuesday morning uh, to play Westchester on the back-to-back. But... Yeah, Negus Webster-Chan, shout out to the Canadian from Scarborough, this area, is the only returning face outside of the coaching staff. Well, you mentioned the name Bruno, and he is still a huge talking point in Mm -hmm. the city. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, when's this going to happen, or is this going to happen? Can we just bring up the fact he's still only 22? Yes. And I think Uh... this is is a year... I think this oh, is he's this is a year you've nah. gotta if you're if you're gonna follow and you keep asking that question, this is the year to keep your eye 
and I don't want to self-plug, but to keep your eye on the 905 when Bruno is with them to see the type of player he is. Because in the first, I'll give it to him, the first couple games, it's only the first two out of three, he's looked like a different emotional and mental player than what we saw in yes, previous years. I'm with you. That's. I'll leave it there. Just I'm not, keep the eye. I'm not buying that he's only 22 argument because we're going to talk about a player later who's 17 years old and is already poised to be a, a number one pick in the NBA draft. Can't compare apples and oranges, but my measuring stick is this. You know, NBA is very tough. Mm-hmm. We've seen guys like Tyler Hansborough who are, you know, player of the year at college and be a, a role player, situational player in the NBA. But and then when you have, if you're an NBA level player and you're in the D League, G League, you should be able to do work. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bennett, a guy who was a number one draft pick, got sent down. I expected Anthony Bennett to go down to the Raptors on a five and, and like in double digits easily. And he didn't. So if you can't play at that level, how can you play at the next level? And Bruno hasn't excelled or even been serviceable. Even hasn't been a middling player. I think last year was level. very consistent. I thought last year he took a step. And let's be honest here. First overall picks are different than guys who were taken in the 20s. And I don't think anyone is under the illusion that Bruno Caboclo is going to be a superstar. No uh, one agreed, thinks agreed, that. Agreed. But can he be a service, serviceable 3 and D guy? In the I, NBA? I think he could. I think he has... In the NBA? Or, he, he's, is he he a serviceable, is so long, Dwayne. Is he a serviceable 3 and D guy in the, in the G League right now? Yes, 100%. Like He is the best... one Top two players on Raptors on a 5. Him and Lorenzo Brown, a guy who's on a two-way, who's proven if, 27 years old... In the D League, Bruno's the other guy. I'll, I'll make this last point: if 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 the first two game, if the home opener and his game against Fort Wayne, not not numbers wise, but just mentally and emotionally, because that's been his biggest hurdle. If that's any indicator of what's to come this season, I think he is on a good path. I'm not saying he can be a huge NBA talent, but I think his his niche will be the defensive end, just because of his size and his wingspan. I think that's what he needs to buy into. Yeah. But you mentioned Dwayne, a 17 year old who is NBA is on the road to be NBA ready and will most likely be a top 10 pick, maybe even top three pick if he goes one and done. And that is the Canadian coming out of Toronto in R.J. Barrett makes his commitment to the Duke Blue Devils and Coach Krzyzewski last night. And when he was talking with with Leo Routens and Nabil Karim after he made his commitment, they asked about the pressure. And it seems that the pressure on this Canadian kid, he he's finally just trying to breathe. Definitely, uh, really happy. I got it off my chest. Everyone knows now, and uh, I can't wait to get there next year. What was the biggest factor in choosing Duke? I'm just, I go to Montverde Academy right now, and it, it feels a lot like Montverde. It feels a lot like home. So, and they also have, I think, really good coach. So. What, what's the difference with, say, a Coach K? Obviously, all the schools you're dealing with are top-notch schools, top-notch coaches. What's the difference in a Coach K and a Calipari and a, and a, and a Dane Altman? I mean, they're, they're great coaches, great basketball minds, and I just, I just felt at home with Duke, and I love Coach K. I've been watching Duke since I was really young, so it just it made it a lot easier. What's the goal for college? Is it a one-and-done situation? I mean, that's the plan, I, I hope. What do you need to do going into a, potentially a one-and-done situation, taking a look at your game? What do you hope to add to your game or develop in this next year? Really, I don't think I'm perfect or anyone's perfect at any aspect of the game. So really working on, on everything, especially shooting, uh, being able to shoot at a high level. But I just want to go into a Duke team and be able to win a championship. 
That was R.J. Barrett last night on his announcement. He commits to Duke and Coach Krzyzewski talking with Leo Routens and Nabil Krim of TSN. And I'll, I'll get your guys' thoughts on this. Do you feel, and we heard it from him, he said Duke, Duke feels like home. It feels like home. It feels like the right decision for him. We heard him say he hopes this is a one-and-done situation. Do you feel that this was the best basketball decision for him, for R.J. Barrett? Not for basketball as a whole or Canada basketball or whatever it may be, but for R.J. Barrett and the type of player he is doing. Before I get to what you said, I mean, I want to say I like how you said basketball decision. That's interesting. Uh, I want to shout out Leo and Nabil and, and Kayla Gray. They did a great job. Yes, uh, Kayla as well, too, sat with him at with Mount announcement. Um I was there last night, and it was a lot of people there, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement for what was happening. And a lot of people still didn't really know. I, I felt in my gut I was calling Duke, but a lot of people had a lot of different ideas. But getting back to what we said, basketball decision, like when, when Leo asked them, you know, you know, Nabil said, what's the plan? He goes, you know, one and done. That's the plan. It's kind of interesting that, like, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be thinking about that because he has the skill set to do that. But then it's a basketball decision. It's not necessarily about, I'm not saying he could have gone to any of the schools, but he's not staying at any of them. I mean, right. I'm sure I would say Duke is probably the best place to get his education. No, but it's not about education. It's about the next step. So you could think, why not go to Kentucky? Because Kentucky's done a great job well, of one and done players. Well, as much as I despise Duke as a college basketball, <laughs> pro, like you're either with them or, or against yeah. them. In terms no, it's of Duke. true. I've just never been a fan of Duke. Uh, they are tried, tested, and true program that play in an excellent conference in the ACC, right? And like, the, yeah, and the best coach in college basketball. Yes, you're you're you're, you're you're playing under a guy that's coached Olympic teams. Like mm-hmm. I think this is the perfect place. We've seen in recent vintage. Jamal Murray, Trey Lyles play at Kentucky. So he's going to a place where I'm trying to think of Canadians that play for Duke. It's like Greg Newton. Greg Newton. Back, back in You're the right. day. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he has a chance to put his stamp on this differently. Oregon's yep. been linked to Canadian players. Yep. So Kansas th- th- with Andrew Wiggins. Exactly. So I, I I honestly, again, as much as I despise Duke, I think this is a great decision for Barrett. Who and I know it's early. He's seventeen like I I, I gotta as much as I can remind it, he's 17, but I got to ask the question. 17. When you look, when you look at RJ as a player, and you know fans in Toronto might not, they they might be disappointed because they haven't been able to see him play the way they would like outside of when they were in uh, in Egypt getting that gold medal this summer. Shout out to Coach Rana and, and that team getting the gold medal in Egypt. But when you look at him as a player, who would you compare his game to currently in the NBA right now? That's, that's a tough question. I mean, I think for him, his game is still evolving. I think, like as you mentioned, he has to work on his shot more to be able to shoot like with level consistency and range. Um, but you know, like OG, we talk about, he's got a body. His body is mm-hmm. NBA is close to being NBA ready. Um, he can finish at the rim. Unlike Andrew Wiggins, the player, something we talk about him, like he has a motor. I mean, like we kind of argue Andrew Wiggins is a little too chill, too passive. He wants to win. He is going to get in your face. He's going to give you that energy and enthusiasm. So I think those are great elements he has, and he's going to continue to get better and his body get better. And defensively, he's not bad either. So he's got a lot, a lot of pieces, and there's a reason why he's been the number one prospect for the last yeah. two years. And, and I, it's a difficult question to ask, Megan. Right. And I understand why you asked, but until you see the player play in college basketball, like yeah. in that next level setting, mm-hmm. it's so difficult. And 
the pressure's all on him now. Now he needs to produce. There's hype around him. Yep. There, this was like a LeBron James mini version type decision yep. that went down. He has more pressure on him than Wiggins did before or any other Canadian player before that. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people invested. So now it's up to the player to get the job done. And yep. also based on like... His, you know, who his dad is. Like, yeah. that, like it's not just like the pressure's Wiggins finally taken off of Rowan. <laughs> yeah, Wiggins was a talent, whatnot, but it's like you know, everyone's been he's been in the spotlight for a long, yes. long time, and I think for him, you know, two years ago, I asked him where he's going to go. Was he thinking about it? And they weren't thinking about it, and, and every school was asking. So uh, now he's got to go with there and kind of basically do it. And I think he has this this is the best system for him to do it. And um, you know, he's probably going to win a national championship this year on the high school level as well. So. Lots, lots to look forward to with RJ Barrett. It'll definitely be fun, and if I'm not mistaken, last night he had his own hashtag, the recruit. Did he? Yeah. Wow. For, for the for yep. what we are dubbing the mini decision. That's but yeah, hilarious. had his own had his own uh, his own uh, Twitter handle I, I, hashtag I, whatever you want to call it. It was, it, but I mean, it it was a great moment for the family and and for sure. Rowan, and and I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do next season with with a system like Coach K has. I, I know we've all known Rowan for years, the Barrett family, solid, so it might seem a little bit over the top big, but the family's so down to earth. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely right. thrilled for them as a whole, and I'm so excited to see where this is going to yeah, go. Yeah, and I mean, Arj is a kid a few words, as you can as tell. As we heard. As you can <laughs> yes. tell. Um, but he is... He is still a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that's the thing we kind of forget when we see what he does on the court and how we, how big he is. Um, he's still a kid. But I mean, like you mentioned, the family, the support, like that's very important to him. Like this isn't just like Rowan saying this is what's going to happen. This is yeah. important to RJ. Do you know what too. I love about this too? Because we're in a country where only hype like this would ever go to hockey players in the past. Yeah. And yep. the, the fact that the light is being shined, not only on basketball players, but tennis players and soccer players. You can go down the like it just shows the gradual evolution of our sporting intelligence and what actually matters to us. And I think this is just another huge step in just basketball's overwhelming and undeniable rise coast to coast to coast. And to add to that, I mean it's happening here, but like he if he did the same announcement in Florida would have the same level yep. of interest and awareness because he did an ESPN interview after he did the TSN stuff. So like yeah. This is like not, this is a, he's the best high school player in the world, not just Canada. He just happens to be Canadian. Once again, shout out to RJ Barrett committing to Duke University. He'll be there next year. We continue on here on Home Court. Keep it locked. Here we go. One, two, three. No sunshine in the morning. No paper at my door. The, the, look, to hit the look on Dwayne's face. It's all a big MP, no <laughs> problem to me. And I like Norm. Soundtrack of my weekend, buddy. The joke is, the, the chorus part is actually not that bad. The girl, whoever they got to sing it, is actually not terrible. But it's, all you can do is just, it, just laugh. If you need a laugh, you just, just hit play I'm gonna on that. I'm going to be rolling down King Street for the final time ever no today before they close that road and make no downtown an absolute mess. Blaring my Norman Powell. <laughs> when you guys like looking ahead to this week, whether it's you know now that college basketball is getting underway, whether it's Canadians you're looking at in the NCAA, whether it's Canadians to keep your eye on in the NBA, Olenek getting putting in work and getting some minutes with the Heat, and what Coach Spo is doing down in on Waiters Island, um, or even you know like last night, Dwayne, you obviously at the RJ Barrett announcement. Um, we had a, a chance that, you know, there's been 
talk and a little bit of hype around uh, a CIS or U Sport, depending on who you are and what generation you are. A matchup last night that saw former assistant coach Patrick Tatum, now head coach with McMaster University men's basketball, getting a chance to go back to his old stomping grounds and go up against a coach that helped as many have. He also worked with the main Red Claws last year and Scott Morrison. Scott Morrison shouted to him now with Brad Stevens and the Celtics coaching staff. Went back and faced his, his old head coach and went head-to-head with Roy Rana, who he was part of the staff that ended up with Ryerson winning a national title. And it was a close one with uh, Ryerson getting the W72-69. But Pat, afterwards, you know, some people from Ryerson posted some pictures and stuff like that. And he tweeted out, I, and, and quote, it was different being on the other side, but much love for where it all started, end quote. Yeah, I think it's interesting with Patrick Tatum's story because he was an assistant and Coach Rand, and then Coach Rand took a sabbatical for a year, uh, and then Patrick won CIS Coach of the Year mm-hmm. uh, as getting the team to the final eight. So it's kind of, you know, and Rand had never achieved that uh, award yet, I don't believe. But And then, of course, um, Coach Coach Tatum took a job at McMaster, and he's facing, you know, his old mentor in Rorana. And, you know, Mac is a developing program. I mean, he's going to try and rebuild that program and yep. make it work. And the fact that the game was as close as it was is probably a testament to, like, his kids playing for, for their coach. So, yeah. um, you know, always friends, always brothers, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a fun story as well, too. And I think we we talked about it last year on home court. We dubbed the Tatums one of the basketball families of Canada, yeah. much like the Barretts. The Ennises slash McIntyres, yeah. the the nurses, kind of get an asterisk because Darnell never played. Darnell didn't play basketball at a high level, but is an NHL player. But just you know, the the sport families of Canada become more and more and more. And it's crazy because the Ennises have more coming. Dylan's overseas playing yeah. in Serbia, I believe. But then they've got the younger ones in uh, Dominique and Tylon, and yeah. I imagine Bryson at some point will tear it up on the court as well too. Yeah, it's generations of ball coming up. And that's the thing, we talk about Canada and you know the new like the next evolution of sports, whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, whether it's tennis, that there's generations of people playing all sports. It's coming up. Yeah. It's good to see. You mentioned Tatum though, like no disrespect to the Canadian Tatums tomorrow. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> like, there are big games and they're big games and it's 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 tough to get up for a game early in the year, but Celtics, Raps, this is a good litmus test game mm-hmm. for them. And and Houston after, but that's a Western Conference team. This is a direct rival, not only in terms of the Eastern Conference, but in your division. Yep. And I think that Dwayne Casey and the guys, an extra day off in between as well, this is a game where you got to look to say, okay, do we have the guys that can keep the pace with, J- with, with Jason Tatum? With... Morris with Brown. Smart with with Irving if he plays like this is a big early season game for the Raps. Yeah, it is. I mean, and this this Boston team is playing so well, and you really want to. This is a measuring stick. I mean, if they play Cleveland, that's not a measuring stick because Cleveland is not that team right now. Boston is in your conference. Eleven in your straight wins. That's big. If, if here's my question to you: If the Raptors win tomorrow, mm-hmm. do you think that there's going to become a little bit more hype about this Raps team? Or is it just another game? And I say that because I feel everything in this early season has been muted based upon the fact that there's this long-standing belief that they can't beat Cleveland, right? right? And I think that a win like tomorrow maybe could have some people nodding their heads saying, yeah, you know what, maybe this team can do something. I think it depends if Kyrie plays or not. 
Because then you Good look point. at if if there's no Kyrie, then you look at no no Irving, no Hayward, no Horford. They're going against the guys as we heard from John Corrales. They were missing what set almost seven, almost eighty million, million yeah. dollars of their um, roster, and the is Raps missing, are fully healthy, and the Raps are fully healthy. So I think there's an asterisk beside it if Kyrie doesn't play. If Kyrie does play, and the Raps get the W, I think then that people are going to start looking at them. But I think they then need to string together. You know, they they then need to turn around and get a W against Houston Tuesday, which follows it up. And then I believe they have uh, New York. New Orleans, New Orleans again yeah. in New Orleans. And then they followed up back at home with the Knicks. I think, I, think it, I think it's definitely going to raise eyebrows if they do it. And I think, you know, we talked about this on, on Raptors game night in the pregame show that Kyle Lowry, this is a game that Kyle Lowry would get up for. Yeah. And that's what the Raptors need Kyle Lowry to kind of come up and be that guy. Uh, with Kyrie, without Kyrie, I think, you know, the whole talk about Boston being the team, they want to show they're the team. So I think I hope Kyrie's playing because Ky- Kyle will get up for that. I can't wait for, like, there's early season games and there's early season <laughs> games. And that's, this is one of the latter ones. Can't yeah. wait tomorrow. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you're, you're right. Lowry, DeMar, and company step up. And I think that they know that this team... They, Raptors in recent years have had a cakewalk in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is a team that's going to be good in the Celtics, not just this contest. year, but for the foreseeable future. So, uh, it's about the Raptors maintaining their ground and continuing to dominate that space. I think, to your point, if there's no Kyrie and the Raptors do not dominate with a full, healthy roster... That will say a lot, and yeah. I think it'll be interesting. A, a fun note before before we uh, before we go on Tuesday, I believe it was uh, an interesting fact came out. They compared after 1,072 games, MJ versus Re- LeBron regular season games, win percentage, win loss. LeBron has that seven one, 716 to 356, and his win percentage is actually better at 66.8. Regular so it's, season, but right, the bar is always. I know the it's always the championship. Always the, the crazy thing: points, rebounds, and assists—they were so close. Yeah, it was. It crazy. was ridiculously. It was close. crazy. They are one-two, no matter how what order you put them. Yeah. In. So. Another Saturday in the books. We do want to give a complete shout out and respect to the service men and women that keep our country safe, both at home and internationally, and the ones who have given the ultimate sacrifice on a day that we remember those who protect our country. So we want to thank the servicemen and women from Canada and around the world. For Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, I'm Meg McPeak. Do remember to protect home court. Keep it locked. The Dark Guy and Todd Shapiro Show coming up next.